Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Old Testament book of Numbers. The Old Testament book of Numbers and Numbers in chapter number 40, uh, chapter number 14, 16. Numbers chapter number 16. We're going to be in verse number 41. Numbers chapter 16. Now, in the last several messages, we've almost sensed a theme. Of course, going through the book of Numbers, you're going to see this idea pop up over and over and over and over, over and over and over. So in the last four or five messages, probably one word has summed up what has occurred with the people. And what has that been? Complaining. Complaining. And so we watched as, as Miriam and Aaron complained. We watched as the people sent spies into the land and they came back to say how good it was but instead they said how bad it was and they complained. We could see as Korah stood up and had a rebellion and probably one of the most horrific things as he stood up against Moses and was ready to supplant Moses, get rid of Moses and say that we're going back. We're, we don't need you as our leader anymore. There's no way we're going to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. And they complained and they had a whole bunch of people, not just a small people, but big name people, higher up people complain. And of course we watched as the earth opened up and swallowed Korah and the rest of his rebellious band with them. And now as we pick it up in Numbers chapter 16, we see the aftermath. How do the people respond when the earth opens up and swallows Korah? What is the response? Was it getting right? Is it revival? Well, notice with me in the book of Numbers, chapter 16. And in verse number 41, let's see what happens the very next day. Numbers, chapter 16, and verse 41, the Bible says this. But on the morrow, all the congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, saying, Ye have killed the people of the Lord. And it came to pass, when the congregation was gathered against Moses, and against Aaron, that they looked towards the tabernacle of the congregation, and behold, the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord appeared. And Moses and Aaron came before the tabernacle of the congregation. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Get you up from this congregation, that I may consume them as in a moment. And they fell on their faces. And Moses said unto Aaron, Take a censer, and put fire from off the altar, and put it on the incense, and go quickly into the congregation, and make an atonement for them. For there is wrath gone out from the Lord. The plague is begun. And Aaron took as Moses commanded, and ran towards the midst of the congregation. And behold, the plague was begun among the people. And he put on incense and made atonement for the people. And he stood between the dead and the living, and the plague was stayed. And now they that died on the plague were 14,700, beside them that died about the matter of Korah. 
And Aaron returned unto Moses unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and the plague was stayed. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and take every one of them a rod according to the house of their fathers, of all their princes according to the house of their fathers, twelve rods. Write thou every man's name upon his rod, and thou shalt write Aaron's name upon the rod of Levi, for one rod shall be for the head of the house of their fathers. And thou shalt lay them up in the tabernacle of the congregation before the testimony, where I will meet with you. And it came to pass that the man's rod, whom I choose, shall blossom, and I will make to cease from me the murmurings of the children of Israel, whereby they murmur against you. And Moses spake unto the children of Israel, and every one of their princes gave him a rod apiece. For each prince, one according to their father's house, even twelve rods, the rod of Aaron was among their rods. And Moses laid up the rods before the Lord of the tabernacle of witness. And it came to pass that on the morrow that Moses went into the tabernacle of witness. And behold, the rod of Aaron for the house of Levi was budded and brought forth buds and bloomed blossoms and yielded almonds. And Moses brought out all the rods from before the Lord and <laughs> unto all the children of Israel. And they looked and took every man his rod. And the Lord said unto Moses, Bring Aaron's rod again before the testimony, to be kept for a token against the rebels, that thou shalt take away their murmurings from me, that they die not. So Moses did as the Lord commanded him, and so did he. And the children of Israel spake unto Moses, saying, Behold, we perish, we perish, we all perish. Whosoever cometh anything near the tabernacle of the Lord shall die. Shall we be consumed with dying? And if you're in the habit of marking things in your <laughs> Bible, would you mark a, a phrase that is listed a couple different times within the book of Numbers chapter 17. Let's just get one instance of it. Numbers chapter six, 17 and verse number 6. The rod of Aaron. The rod of Aaron. If you want to hit it again, verse number 8. The rod of Aaron. Once again in verse number 10, Aaron's rod. And with this, we want to hit a message here dealing with the rod of Aaron. The rod of Aaron. If you don't mind, let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much again for you being a wonderful God. And Lord, through this we could see that there's consequences for the people's rebellion towards you and what you have set forth. But Lord, beyond that, we could see what a great, wonderful God, a miracle-working God. Help us to see in the miracle that you have here for us to see that we could see it within our own lives. Again, we need you today in a special way. Just fill me with your precious spirit. Open up your word. You do a work for the furtherance of your gospel. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we start back in the book of Numbers chapter 16, the very first thing we want to see here is the challenge about leadership. The challenge about leadership. Now remember, what has occurred previously in the last day or so is that you had Korah who stood up with 250 princes 
And they challenged the leadership of Moses. Now remember that it wasn't a thing about Moses. They were challenging the leadership of God and God's pick for who he was to place in charge. And remember that for even for the man of God, the man of God just a sinner saved by grace. But it is God's choice for a man, for a time, for a place, that God's the one who puts people in leadership. And that it is God that has that choice. It is his house. He is allowed to do with whatever he owns. But the people challenged that because they did not like God's decision. Remember, they rebelled against God and there was consequences. So because they rebelled against God, they now had to wander for 40 years in the wilderness. And it was going to be the next generation that was going to go into the promised land. Well, Korah and his band of rebels tried to challenge that, tried to get rid of Moses' authority and put the authority upon them. So that way they could take away the consequences that fell upon them. Unfortunately, those consequences did not go unanswered by God because God understood it was a challenge against him and it was not a challenge against Moses. And God will take care of himself. That God is like a lion in a cage. That the best way to take care of someone who is provoking the lion is not to defend the lion, but to open up the cage and let the lion defend himself. And God is quite capable of defending himself. And that's exactly what he does. In a supernatural way, he opens up the earth and swallows up Korah and swallows up his band of rebels. And you would almost think that the people would say, you know what, we've learned our lesson. But they did not. Remember, what's got them here in the first place? They complained, they complained, they complained. And they complain. And remember like everything in life. You develop habits. And these folks had developed the habit of complaining. And so when something happened that, that was clearly of God's doing. They complained again. Notice with me in verse number 41. Number 16 verse 41. But on the morrow the children, congregation of the children of Israel murmured or complained against Moses and against Aaron saying, Ye have killed the people of the Lord. Notice this. Now that discipline has been done, they're blaming biblical leadership for disciplining those who were guilty of it. You have hurt the people of the Lord. Now, at this time, was Korah the best representative of the people of the Lord? No, not at all. He was a rebel. He was going against God's authority. But here, the people are almost siding with Korah and his rebellion against Moses and God's leadership. And they're complaining. And you'd almost think that, hey, we just watched the earth swallow up and get rid of all those rebels. You know what? Let's not do that. You might remember that earlier in this series, I said that the number one thing that God killed people for in the Old Testament was complaining. And we've seen that unfold over and over and over and over. And you'd almost think that someone would get the hint. Maybe we shouldn't complain. Maybe we shouldn't murmur. But instead, they double down. So not only are they complaining that you killed God's people, now the whole congregation starts to surround Moses and Aaron. And they're going to kill Moses and Aaron. 
Isn't that just what God just got through getting rid of Korah for? And the next day, they're doing the same thing again. Now there's more of them. And so they gather outside of the... (coughs) um, Outside, the people are surrounding them. Then God's presence goes upon the tabernacle. And the people go, oh, Moses and Aaron, of course, run to God's presence and say, all right, we're going to stay here. And God tells Moses and Aaron, move out of the way. Notice, if you don't mind, we see this in verse number 44 and 45. And the Lord spake unto Moses, get you out from this congregation that I may consume them in this moment. And they, that's Moses and Aaron, fell on their faces. So God says, you know what? I just got through punishing, chastising, getting rid of those folks for complaining, for going against my authority. And the next day, there's more of them doing it. I'm done with it. Moses, Aaron, get out of the way. (laughs) I'm done with it. I'm done. And Moses and Aaron, instead of getting out of the way, they fall on their face. Then Moses looks at Aaron and says, Go, run, get the censer. Go grab fire from the altar. And you go in the midst of those yahoos to go save their life. These people just try to kill Aaron. And Moses is sending Aaron in there to go save their life. Now, were these people worthy of death? Absolutely. That's what's consistently happened. For the wages of sin is death. But here you have a mediator, someone who has gone between God and man for the purpose of trying to plead and spare the lives of those that deserved to die. And so Aaron Verse 47, and Aaron took as Moses commanded and ran into the midst of the congregation. And behold, the plague was stayed from the people. And he put on incense and made an atonement for the people. This idea of atonement is that there was a sacrifice. He made a sacrifice before God for the wages of sin is death. That something had to die because of sin. And Aaron goes and he sacrifices. The blood was spilt because that's what deserved to happen. The wages of sin is death. And as he stood between the dead and the living, the plague stayed. So as he made atonement, the death that came upon the people, it stayed. It didn't kill anymore. However, verse 49, now they that died in the plague were 14,700, not counting beside them that died about the matter of Korah. So here, there's a whole bunch of people that have perished in these two days here. Why? Was this avoidable? Absolutely. Because the people complained and they murmured against God's leadership. And they murmured against God's man who God had placed there. But here's two men that even though these people were against Moses and Aaron, Moses and Aaron was not against the people. And they did everything they could to spare them. In fact, even running in the midst of these same people that wanted to kill them, they were there to try to spare their lives from the wrath of the Lord. Which brings us to another thing here. So God says, I'm done with this. Let's settle this. The next thing we see is the contest to determine leadership. Contest to determine leadership. God says, I want to answer this question once and for all. The last couple days they've been saying, we're the boss. Who put you in charge, Moses? Who are you to tell us what to do? And God says, I'm done with this. Let's settle this once and for all. So what I want to do 
is I want you to go grab a rod from every tribe. So there's 12 tribes. I want you to get a representative from every tribe. And I want you to carve their name on their rod. And I want you to collect all the rods. And I want you to put Aaron's name on the rod that belongs to Levi. It's one of the tribes. He's going to be the head there. All right, and you gather this all up. And then what I want you to do is I want you to bring it to the uh, tabernacle where I'm going to meet you at. Notice with me, if you don't mind, in verse, uh, let's read it all. Verse number one, chapter 17, verse one. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and take every one of them a rod according to the house of their fathers, of all their princes according to the house of their fathers, twelve rods. And write thou every man upon his rod. And thou shalt write Aaron's name upon the rod of Levi, for one rod shall be for the head of the house of their fathers. And then shall thou lay up in the tabernacle of the congregation before the testimony where I will meet you. And it shall come to pass that a man's rod whom I will choose shall blossom. And I will make cease from the, me the murmurings of the children of Israel whereby they murmur against you. And Moses spake every one of the children of Israel and every one of their princes gave him a rod apiece for each prince one according to the father's house even twelve rods and the rod of Aaron was among their rods. And Moses laid up the rods before the Lord in the tabernacle of witness. So God says I want to settle this once and for all. I want it to be apparent so no one will have any question who I chose to be in charge. It's not by election. It's not by fraud. It's set by this is who God placed to be in charge. And so every man carved his name of the rod. They did it this way so they couldn't accuse any trickery. Well, that was my rod over there. Now, let's put your name on it so that way everyone knows who it belongs to. Then they collected them all, they put it inside of the tabernacle, and left it with God overnight. Let God take care of it. And so they said, whoever's rod blossoms, that's going to be it. Now remember, what is a rod? A rod is just a big old stick that has been cut from a tree and has been dead for a while. All right, so this stick has been dead for a while. It hasn't been plugged into the tree. It hasn't been getting sap. It's not freshly cut. It has been dead for a while and has been used as an instrument. So notice what occurs. We see this last thing here, God's choice for leadership. God's choice for leadership. Verse 8, And it came to pass that on the morrow that Moses went into the tabernacle of witness, and behold, the rod of Aaron for the house of Levi was budded, and brought forth buds, and blossomed blossoms, and yielded almonds. Now, for those of you who have studied any kind of high school botany, this is pretty amazing. Because a dead stick doesn't produce anything. But however, the stick here, because it was in the presence of God, that God did a miracle on here, that it didn't only bud. Remember that some plants, uh, when it starts producing leaves, it starts with a little bud. And it's the brand new uh, growth that's coming out. But it didn't stop there. There was some that was budded, but there was some that had sprung out. But it didn't stop there. There was some that didn't only bud, uh, some... <laughs> 
uh, some parts of that staff that didn't even spring out, but some that had blossomed. The blossom is the flower of it. That it actually had bloomed. And so when he took it out, there was actually bloom of flowers upon it. But not only that, if you know anything about botany, that inside of a fruit-bearing plant, it is the bloom that has the seeds, and it's from these seeds that the fruit grows. It actually comes from the flower pot. So you had some that had the bud, some that had actually sprung forth, some that actually blossomed, but some that not only had blossomed, but that flower had already turned into almond nuts. And had already been ready. The seed had already been grown. Overnight you had already had a replication system. That had happened. Fast forward in time. It was a miracle of growth. From something that was dead. This is a miracle working God. Of course they brought it out there. And they said look here's Aaron's name on it. Everyone see this. This is Aaron's name. Then God says, all right, just to make sure that no one can complain, no one can murmur again, I want you to take that blossomed rod and I want you to put it in the Ark of the Covenant and you put it next to everything else in there. So that way, if anyone ever had it a doubt, we had proof. This is who I chose. God's the one who chose leadership. But with this, we could see all the murmuring and the complaining. We could see the things happening. But I don't want you to lose sight of this God who could make the dead live again. The book of Ephesians says this. Ye hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Anyone who doesn't know Jesus Christ as their savior. According to the Bible you are dead in your trespasses and sin. You are spiritually dead already. You are currently condemned the Bible said. You are on the path to hell. But the moment that you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, He has quickened you. That word quickened means to make alive. The Bible says in the book of 1 John that you have passed from death unto life. This is a miracle working God that He is able to make life from something that is dead. Only God can do that. God who is the power of all nature. God who is the God of all gods. You say, well, I praise the Lord. We should be thankful, by the way, that God has passed us from death to life. That we are quickened who was once dead in our trespasses and sins. But you know, God's able to do other things. When we did die to self, his spirit lives. And he could do more with us when we are dead than he could do when we're alive and fighting to live ourselves. God could do so much more with us. When we die of our dreams and our ambitions, our goals, God replaces them with something better. When they die, something else springs forth that lives. God is a great God. He is a miracle working God. He is a life giving God. We just have to let him take control. He can make things live that were dead. He could take the hardest hearts and he could still make it live and blossom. He could take the most fatal mistakes and turn them for his glory. He is a miracle working God. He can make life come from those things that are dead. That's the God that we serve. 
Let me tell you, God knows what he's doing. God is able. And so with that, are you depending upon this life-giving God? You may be at the place spiritually in your life where it says, it's all over. I don't know what I'm going to do. I can't get out of this. I'm sinking underwater. Let me tell you, there's a life-giving God who can take that situation and turn it for his good and for his glory. He could do something amazing from the most dire of circumstances. He's that great of a God. He is a God of hope. And as long as you're alive, there is hope. As long as he's on the throne, there is hope. He is that type of God. That's what Aaron's rod teaches us. It reminds us of this miracle working God. We know that we are a needy people and we all have Things that we're praying for right now. Impossible things to pray for. Things that we say, I don't know how this thing is going to live. It's about as dead as it's going to get. It's a hopeless situation. You could take a horse that's dead and kick it all you want. And it won't get up because you're kicking it. It won't get up because you pet it. Oh, but God can do something in it. God can do something with it. Can you trust God? Some of you are in need of a miracle. And I mean miracle, I mean miracle. You have something you said, I need God to work. You've done everything you can. You've tried everything. You've done it in your own strength. You've toiled. You've wept. Now turn to God. Let God do something with some, that situation that you can't do anymore with. Let God show he's a God of the living. And he can make life. And he can resurrect that situation and turn it to something that is glorifying to him for ages and ages and ages. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 920- Five three zero six three zero eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three zero six three zero eight. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.